0: from multiple abysses, aka responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don.
2: I'm
1: Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves.
2: So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast, or anywhere else for that matter, until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. It is
1: episode 74 of the Godless Heathens podcast, and as usual, we got a lot on our minds. Jeff meets up with a friend of the pod, and the conversation and the location kind of bums him out one more than the other we keep running into non believers and science
2: masks and of course bill gates and we bid adieu to jerry not not this jerry not our jerry but before he left he helpfully provided a lesson in media spin and another reminder of why he sucks and we are recording this only 68 days from the election so vote like your democracy depends on it because it fucking does. You
1: just got us a warning label. Again?
2: You did. Couldn't even get through the open.
0: <laughs> Salty Jeff. Well, <laughs> that's the mood
2: I'm in. All
0: right, well, first the drinks. I'll go first. I'm having another one of the uh, Chilean uh, wines I picked up on my uh, most recent run. This is their Merlot. I've had the I've had their Cabernet. I've had the Red Blend. And then I had the one last week. I'd have to whip out the uh, translator to say the name of it again i'm having the merlot this time and uh, not bad not bad at all as well
1: what are you drinking jerry i'm drinking a straight hash homie what double dry hopped double ipa from as you would say it Lupulin brewing company somewhere i think in like big lake minnesota yeah there yeah so it's it's ipa day and it's it's dank Maybe the conversation will be dank, too. We can
2: only hope. <laughs> nice. And how is it? It's good. It's good. Quite All good. Right. So I pulled another bottle bomber out of the back of my fridge. Uh-oh. It's time to kind of do a little inventory cleansing. And so this is from Hubbard's Cave. They're in Niles, Illinois. And this is an imperial stout. So I went dark because that's the mood I'm in. And it's a chocolate and raspberry Pot de creme or as we say in georgia pot de creamy
0: oh a pot de creamy oh those are good
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it is good it's very very well balanced between the chocolate and the raspberry
1: that sounds good it does sound good but before we get into jeff's saltiness do us a solid and rate and review this podcast if it's not five star worthy tell us why and we'll argue with you on twitter at godless podcast which has been salty this week our private facebook group you know the same kind that facebook bans well after amplifying lies that radicalize someone to commit heinous crimes that's not like the standard elevator pitch for facebook groups but hey it works for me <laughs> uh,
0: or healthy is what it says in the brochure
1: <laughs> or drop us an email at godless heathens at yahoo.com which is just you know email so it's safe all right jeff Mm. You meet up with a friend of the pod and yeah. you come away, you came away disappointed.
2: No, no I wasn't disappointed because, you know, I kind of had a suspicion um, where he is coming from, seeing that he's a conservative evangelical. And we already saw what John MacArthur was doing out in California Thumbing his nose.
1: Reverend
0: Pastor John. What's his title?
2: Johnny Mac. Yeah,
0: I don't think he goes by Johnny Mac. (laughs) Dr. Johnny Mac, late night on 99.5.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got his, uh, you know, doctorate of theology or whatever.
0: By
1: the way, you said you weren't disappointed, but you um, started off with quite an audible heavy sigh. You were like,
2: but I'm not disappointed. So yeah, so it's it's not disappointment. It's it's kind of a a depression. And that's so much better than disappointment. Depression. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it more of a confirmation?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is and you know the environment that that we were in. Also, we met at a local brewery. Where,
0: I was gonna say, where'd you meet it? Yeah. What's it called, Jeff?
2: It's called Dry County Brewing in Kennesaw, Georgia. Been there. So. I've not been to, well, I've been to one other brewery that was outside the perimeter, Schoolhouse Brewing, and they were doing things safe. People that came in had to wear a mask unless you're at your distance table with your group. Drinking, of course, it's kind of hard to drink through a mask. So, you know, they were doing things right. They had a nice outdoor space. But Dry County, I was kind of nervous going in because I knew that, you know, they're a much smaller facility. I wasn't sure how they were going to set it up. So you get there and you find out that masks are not required. I, I think I was only one or two of one or two people that had a mask when I went up to order my beverage nobody else in there did they did have an outdoor space where they had picnic tables set up spaced apart and then so where where tom and i sat was at a picnic table kind of diagonal so we had kind of a six-foot Distance, theoretically, between us. As the evening wore on, though, it got busier and busier. And this place is real near uh, Kennesaw State, and they're they're back in session now. And so it got more and more busy and more and more crowded with college-age kids, none of whom that I saw were wearing masks, and a lot of them would gather in large groups, kind of hug, shake hands. So it got kind of depressing, is like we're in the middle of a pandemic pandemic. Georgia is what? Still number two as far as um, cases and all that.: Number two in COVID, and always number two in the SEC) <laughs> 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 The thing that's depressing to me is like these people just don't seem to care. Or don't believe that it's a serious issue.
1: Nah, you know, Jeff, and, and I just thought about this when you were talking about the potential connection to Kennesaw. It really mm-hmm. shouldn't surprise anybody. Because one thing that's been pretty consistent all week are these awful reports from colleges. True. You know, True. hundreds of, you know, hey, school just started. Here's 850 cases. And, and it's everywhere. So that's probably... Par for the course.
2: Yeah, so that was kind of twofer. I kind of discovered the you know what's going on at the colleges, and then I also found out what's going on at, at the local breweries.
0: And at the local brewery, when there was a lot of college kids there, I'm assuming you're saying they weren't social distancing. Nope. They were, they were blowing it
2: out and yep. hugging it up yep and and so that made me think is like i can't imagine this place on a weekend you know when it gets real crowded
1: but you know what it's good to know it's off the list yep unfortunately and the boycotting and avoiding things are it's just going to be part of life for a while and i i'm glad that when i hear people kind of joining team boycott because i am all for them (laughs) <laughs> They're not always easy, but boycott anything and everything yeah. that you don't like and let peop- let them know. I mean, you're one person, but mm-hmm. if you don't give them your money, it's kind of the only way to... That to get anybody any business or organization to pay attention it's yeah. like the only one
2: I was thinking about that is maybe I should do a post on our facebook page to explain you know that I was a little bit disappointed on their safety protocols and I suppose if yeah. the college crowd is their big business you know and the college crowd isn't going to want to wear a mask or you know distance then you know I guess they have to go where their business is but so
1: yes use your platform to Yes. To let your anger known. I feel like
2: the emperor in the Star Wars movies. <laughs> but you will get blowback. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's that's the thing that kind of makes me think twice. But I may also get some likes or whatever. But It's a free forum.
1: Let, let yeah. the conversation flow. Yep. Just like you did with friend of the pod, Tom.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, you buried the lead a little bit there. You dropped yeah. the name. It's Tom from episode 45, Christian Listener Tom. But it wasn't like capital...
1: See conversation. You guys were just getting together after a while for beers, right? Yeah. I mean, this yeah, wasn't yeah. like, you know, hey, we need to talk. It was right. it was two older bros not hugging it out, having you know wearing masks when possible, respectfully having a beer at a brewery.
0: Did Tom wear a mask? Mm,
1: he didn't have one. He
0: did not wear a mask.
1: Oh, my bad.
0: I assumed he did not. I assumed that he did. I'm assuming he's having in-person church services if he's following Dr. Johnny from California.
1: Look at me thinking of the, the you know the potential <laughs> and good in people, and Don being the cynical, sarcastic one.
2: But he did respect my decision to wear a mask and then to distance and to meet outdoors. Wait,
1: that's a low bar. He respected your decision to wear a mask. And hey, no shit.
2: <laughs> well, I'm saying he, he didn't ridicule me,
1: so. <laughs>
2: how, how nice of <laughs> him.
1: Congratulations, Tom. It doesn't seem to be his MO anyway, but.
2: No, I know it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good-hearted person, but this is a thing that, you know, I wanted to explore, and I think he probably knew we were going to have that conversation knowing what kind of requirements that I had to meet.
1: So you did have kind of an agenda leading into this.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I personally did, that because I was curious. I never had the guts to go up to a masker, you know, a, a non-masker and ask, what the hell dude? And so I kind of figured if I could pick the brain of somebody of that mindset that would be kind of representative of the uh, the outside-the-perimeter religious mindset. Atlanta term. Yeah, and knowing that that he's an evangelical conservative, I kind of figured there's maybe some parts of that, that God protection kind of thing. He said that might be the case because nobody in his congregation has has been sick that's i mean that's the other thing i thought was kind of interesting is because you know he didn't know anybody directly that had covid other than me i was the first person he was aware of that had it so so
1: there were two there was the, there's the god will protect me and The Chuck Woolery, it's not real until I know somebody who gets it. But tech but he knows you. So now he knows somebody and knows somebody that got put through the ringer but did not die.
2: But I didn't die.
1: Yeah, but he knows an atheist. Right. And if God is in control of everything. Maybe he thinks COVID is worse for you because you're an atheist. If you were a believer, it would have been easier. would have never got it. And maybe you would have even been asymptomatic. Jeff, you were COVID before COVID was cool. (laughs) Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was ahead of my time. <laughs> Hipster. The other component to it, though, and I think that's probably a little bit more widespread, is the questioning or the doubting of the science. And, you know, if you listen to you know, John McCarthy, we can put a link to that video if, if people want to see, you know, kind of the mindset that's pretty widespread on this stuff. Buckle up,
1: atheists. You will not like it.
2: And, and essentially, is because he looks at the numbers. He compared, you know, like the, the normal deaths in Los Angeles County to the deaths with COVID and didn't really see any any uptick, um, and he didn't see bodies in the street. So, you know, he, he just thought it was overblown. They questioned some of the science as far as, well, like when they first came out, they didn't say anything about mass, and, and you know, now all of a sudden they do. So it's the changing science. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's a big part of it, I think, too, is the questioning... Of science and and what they see. If they don't know anybody personally that's uh, had it or have, has died from it, then it's kind of off the radar screen.
1: But the first part of what you said definitely was not a case of questioning the science. He went to the numbers. Now well, I don't know. I don't know what numbers he looked at. I don't know how he interpreted them. I don't know if. If I doubt. I, you know what? If you. If. If we all looked at the same set of numbers, we would probably not come up with the same. Takeaway that he has, but because he looked at the numbers in his
0: head, he is looking at the science.
2: Right, right, and that's what they they will they will kind of claim anecdotal that. data at best. Well, his,
0: but but his it, subset of eighty out of three hundred fifty million. But you're talking about John MacArthur said this. Right? Or did Tom?
2: Right. Well, I'm saying that there was overlap there, that he was kind of the, saying the same thing because there's not the widespread death that everybody was predicting originally, that it's not much worse than, say, the flu. I don't I don't think Tom said made that correlation directly, but I mean, that's...
0: Did you ask him what number of dead Americans it would take before he took it serious?
1: Yeah. Did you really want to end the conversation with a hard thought
0: <laughs> by asking yeah. that very direct but... What number makes you go, oh, okay, this is serious? Is it 200,000? Is it 300,000? Is it half a million? You know the answer, Don. We're we're not there. We're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there for him.
2: We're not there. To go along with what Trump and company are promoting is because of all the good things he did early on, instead of having millions of deaths, it's only 180,000 or whatever. Per capita, right we're
0: still the highest rated country in the world.
2: Right. And a big part of that is because of our resistance to wearing a mask.
1: I'm so proud of you. You were so ready to, to F-bomb, and you held back. You could hear not it in <laughs> your voice. <laughs> so, Tom, and this is this is not and shouldn't be considered, you know, rip on Tom, but Tom no. does no. represent something we talked about last week or last yeah. episode. It was you talking to somebody like that that you know, and I, this is not a diss on Tom, but it is similar to I know somebody who's gone down the cue hole and i'm gonna meet them for a beer and try to talk to them about that and see where their head is because it's not to that level obviously i am not saying Mm, tom has gone down the cue hole but he thinks in a way that i would say none of us really agree with right i'm sure it was kind of illuminating to hear somebody that you know who is a thoughtful, intelligent person that you have things in common with, but mm-hmm. certainly things not in common with. It turns out that things that are important to you now, he does not see the same way. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. Well, so a couple of thoughts on that. So, I mean, what this kind of ties back to also is a few weeks back uh, when Paulding County opened their their schools and then they had to shut them down right away. Paulding County, Georgia, exurban Atlanta.
0: The viral video that went, went nationwide.
2: Yeah, the crowded halls and all that. And then so at the school board meeting, they had several speakers. And one of them that stood out to me was this woman that was highly religious that used these same kind of... Uh, I don't. I don't know if we want to call them excuses arguments. or reasons why arguments. There you go. So the words
0: coming out of Tom's mouth were not anything that you had not heard already. Right.
2: Exactly. That's why I'm saying. That's why I wasn't surprised.
0: Expousing the same talking points that it you've under, heard.
2: It underscores it. So it's like so that lady speaking there wasn't an outlier. This is pretty common world belief or whatever you want to call it. And that's the thing that is depressing to me is in the lesson until people take this thing seriously.
1: You sound like me last episode now.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Club
1: chair blows. Come on <laughs> right. in. Club chair, come well, on in. Pay to be depressed.
2: <laughs> but I mean I mean that's the thing too that it just, you know, blows my mind is no, I don't like to wear a mask when I go out either you know when i went to my doctor's appointment today yeah, i had to wear it the whole time i was doing the procedure and everything and you know it wasn't my favorite thing to do but it's the right thing to do since i have antibodies theoretically i don't know exactly how long immunity is going to last if you trust the science poindexter if you trust the uh, science
1: Okay, I have a question for you, Jeff. This podcast and things you say often prompt me to think in different ways. So congratulations and I'm sorry. <laughs> but you said wearing a mask sucks. What sucks about it more? The physical wearing of the mask or the fact that it is a constant reminder that the normal world mm. that we all were comfortable in and took for granted for all of our decades on this planet is gone. I bought running shoes recently and I got sick of doing the online thing and went to an expensive running store where they watch you run. They put you on a treadmill or something? No, you run. You like run, run. They have a special app. Like there's a track? No, like in the store. Oh, just down the aisles and shit? You you feel kind of stupid, but people do it you know, that's what, that's what they do. They even have an app that, like, goes step-by-step step on your stride and shows how physically weird you are. Physically weird I am.
0: Oh, no, it picks up, like, if you're pigeon-toed or not needed or, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah,
1: all those things. And then they give you shoes that fit your stride. But we both go. wore masks the entire time, and I was in there for, like, an hour. And... I didn't notice the physical part of wearing the mask, but when you're wearing it and you're in your car and the first thing you think of when you get out is putting your mask on when you leave, yep. it is it's not normal. It is mm-hmm. still kind of jarring. And there are times when when I see everybody a mask or, or I see somebody who's not, it reminds me what we have lost and mm-hmm. what we are not doing in order to get back to where we were because i want to be there i right. want to Absolutely. be there i i want it, i want it to go away i don't want to hear any more about super spreader events and people not wearing masks the mental part of wearing a mask is 10 times harder than the physical part the physical part yeah. is an annoyance the mental part is like oh. mm-hmm.
2: Well, for those of us that wear glasses.
0: Yes, that was my point.
2: There's there's another part, right? Because, you know, you have to get them fitted just right so they don't fog up your glasses. God should have gave you better
0: eyes. I have not been able to achieve such a fitting. The biggest thing with me is, I was going to say the glasses as well. It, it, it's Since the change from driving to work and, and from now working from home, is I've gone from being a contact wearer. 24 hours a day and using reading glasses to see things up close to I've had my eye exam like I always did end of the year, got a year's supply of contacts for the insurance would run out. I've got a year's worth of contacts. It's August. I have not put a pair in all year. Basically, I've been wearing glasses when I watch TV for a few hours in the afternoon. But when I work from home on the computer, I don't need glasses or contacts. Hmm. I can see fine. Braggart. And that's where the majority of my time is spent. I'm not spending two hours a day driving and having to wear either the contacts or the glasses. Or the mask. So it's easier for me to go without and just wear the glasses when I need to. And when I'm out is when I have my glasses on and that's when I have a mask on and they're constantly fogged up. It's like the grocery store is just a constant up and down. It's on the top of my head or on my eyes, on the top of my head, on my eyes. It's just constant. Yeah.
1: But what you're not doing is going... And I can say this because Jeff already did. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask because I'm yeah. tired of my glasses being fogged up. You're not, do- I'm o- you're not I'm over doing it.
0: that. Yeah, I'm over this. Yeah, yeah. No, right. I'm not taking the mask off. I'm, I'm wearing the mask full time and and taking the glasses off when I don't need them in the grocery store or wherever I happen to be at.
2: But yeah. I, I totally agree with you on the psychological effect that that has on us. Especially, and, and I think that's the thing that kind of hit me hard, um, you know, with last night's uh, uh, conversation and what I experienced there of the you know the people not wearing masks is like this is going to just extend the need to for me to wear a mask and for me not to be able to hang out with my family without a mask on. You know, you people are the ones that are extending this thing. These are the people that when a vaccine does come out. And there's all kinds of questions marks there, you know, because if Trump is interfering with the FDA. He's interfering with the CDC. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes with these pharmaceutical companies. So there's truly some questions on how the vaccine is going to come out, how many people are going to actually take it, how many anti-vaxxers. If
1: there will be a vaccine, but that's another episode.
2: Right. Yeah. But that's but that's my point is, let's say a, a, an effective vaccine comes out. It's safe and it's effective and it's available. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to not take it. The people that think Bill Gates put a, uh, a microchip or something in there, in the needle. If that's the case, you're not going to build up to the necessary herd immunity to get back to normal, to get back to where we don't have to wear a mask when we go out.
0: Well, no, you will. You'll. It just won't be here because people in other parts of, of the world. Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks for the up with people interlude on that. <laughs> Other people will be able
1: to reap the benefits, but not oh, yeah. you, no, Not us.
0: No, yeah. no, not us. Because the world over will, it's more than 60% will take the vaccine. The, the world, for the most part, will have herd immunity, and, and there will be little hot pockets, like us in Brazil. Hot and, pockets. And a couple other places. There is going to be a story
1: where the travel industry lobby, the domestic travel industry, went out of their way to not stop the pandemic. So people in the US could only travel in the US. If Americans can't fly, they'll have to vacation here. And if they vacation here, that means
0: Money for us. America first. Well, they can't fly is because they can't fly out of the country. Exactly. It's not not that you can't fly out of the country. You can. You can fly out of the country all you want. You just can't land anywhere. (laughs) You have to turn around and come back. Fly the friendly
1: skies, but just don't plan on stopping anywhere.
0: Yeah, you heard the same thing I heard where because of the pandemic, worldwide travel is so down that the normal flu did not migrate like it normally does from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere this last year.
1: That is a recommendation for the daily episode, what, on Absolutely. Tuesday?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like we're going to have, we're still going to have the COVID, but we're not going to have the, because it's not going to come back nearly as bad as it normally does when it does come back, because it, it never really went to the to the Southern Hemisphere like, like it normally does Uh, during a normal year.
2: That was on that Daily Show podcast? Yeah, with Donald
0: McNeil Jr., Tuesday's
2: well,
0: to that. Uh, yeah Because of worldwide travel being so far down, not enough of the flu migrated from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere on planes. So like Australia, they're going through the winter while we're going through the summer. They did not have a really bad flu season coming into their, into their winter. If it continues with the way travel is now, we're not going to have the flu season we normally have coming up.
2: I still would get a flu shot. I'm planning I would on still getting too. a flu yeah, shot. I'm sure uh, you would, so- Believer. Reco-
0: recommendation number two: the flu <laughs> shot. But yes, uh, but but they're saying that the, the numbers will be down this year. Tom, back to Tom.
1: Yes, yes. We're plenty of minutes in, and we still haven't even actually touched on the conversation. You've buried the lead. Well, we buried it for him. Like we we're there with like back hose throwing stuff on him, <laughs> and then at the end going, "Hey, hydraulically <laughs> right. high- giant mining shovels," and then, "Hey, Jeff." <laughs> Why, haven't, did we you, get why haven't you talked? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I think we've kind of covered the mindset behind why he's not a big believer in mass. Right.
1: We want to get to the actual conversation now, though.
2: Yeah. What
1: you
0: talked to him about. What was your reply, though?
2: Him. Well, you know, I, I tried to come back somewhat about, you know, that that there's asymptomatic people that you don't know if you are carrying. So you tried to science him. I tried to science it. And, that, and you know what? I can cut to the chase. It didn't work. <laughs> there was no movement of the ball that I could tell. He didn't go out and put a mask on. He doesn't believe in your science. Mm. No, right, right. And well, you know, he believes in, just like John MacArthur believes in the science that, that they find...
0: He he believes that the government is using this as a tool to shut down Christianity in America. Oh, does he? You haven't said that, but does he? No. That's what Johnny Mac says. Ah.
2: Well, that's what MacArthur, right, right. That's Johnny Mac's line. Yeah. Well, like we didn't cover the full spectrum, you know, bit by bit. (laughs) We'll put both videos. There's two videos.
0: Of him, one with the with the girl interviewing him, and the other one oh. where he's just talking to his congregation. I think we've already posted that one, but I'll I'll post both of those to this episode.
2: Yeah, make sure you wear a helmet when you're listening. Yeah. No,
0: make sure you're not around yep. small children because you're
1: gonna swear. Yeah. <laughs> so not to like second guess your approach, but did you honestly think that anything you said would sway him?
2: No, I didn't have that expectation because other topics we've touched on before. And, you know, one of the other topics that we did broach after this was we went into abortion.
1: Oh, I'm sure that one went so much better. Oh, yeah. The common ground there is just as far apart as COVID. It's
0: always nice to end on something light
1: (laughs) and airy. Hey, did did you get into the presidential election afterwards and then just... You know, have like a light beer because there was yeah. so much frivolity.
0: <laughs> Did you bring up how his DD condoned slavery? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, Just at the no. end. Hey, by the way, when, when yeah.
2: we get him back on the pod, if we will come back on, hey, if he, um, if he comes yeah, back, weeks. it should be next week. All right. Yeah. Or so. two weeks. So I mean, I mean the he interesting saying, thing to me also was the abortion conversation is like so you know there's this strong drive with all the evangelicals, and that's why I'm not picking on him. is is, is widespread. But and, that is his
0: one issue. That's why he...
2: That's most Christians' one issue.
0: It is the third rail that they cannot go against and vote for anybody for, with because penis. Right, because
2: Biden um, believes in abortion up to birth.
1: Oh, time the fuck out. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He is saying that. Yes. Okay. Oh, I thought for a second you were, you were like parroting that and I was about to jump through the mic. No, no, I'm
2: I'm, I'm saying that's the evangelical mantra. I mean, that was, if you listen to any of the the clips from the Trump... Why?
1: No, no, no. Why would you?
2: I'm saying little clips. That's a huge thing with them, and they keep making that same kind of thing about up till birth, live birth, and you can kill the baby, murder.
0: come on. You can change your mind, literally... You know, after the epidural, the baby's half out. One more push, Miss Johnson. You know what? Yeah, I don't think motherhood really suits me. Nah, let's kill it. And the doctor will go, okay.
2: To me, that underscores, so like, where are you getting your information? And, and that's where the big disconnect is.
1: That's the disconnect? There's like a hundred
2: of them. That's kind of the common thread. Same thing on the virus. So you're all about saving the life of, you know, the fetus or whatever. But... People that you're walking around with, there's a high potential that, you know, you might affect their health by not wearing a mask. You don't know if you're carrying the the disease or not. So by not wearing a mask, you could kill a living human being, and not just an elderly. I mean, that's kind of the thing too.
0: It could be five steps down the line. It it, it doesn't have to be. Oh, I hugged her at church on Sunday. You could have hugged somebody at church on Sunday who had lunch with somebody on Tuesday. Down the line, five people later, somebody died.
2: Right. And you have no idea. And that's the point I tried to get across: is with the high level of asymptomatic, is you'll never know. And you know, you might have affected somebody that you know wasn't even in your circle. friend that has died because of something that you did
0: his 80 people not testing positive means nothing as far as how many people they could have possibly already have killed
2: i mean yeah there's no way to trace all that stuff down
0: so did you
1: guys start the conversation with the we're only going to talk about things that we are completely and hopelessly divided on like, did you talk about politics after you talked about abortion? Because you are you polar opposites on COVID, polar opposites on abortion, polar opposites on religion. You know, did you talk about the presidential election? So he
2: doesn't like to talk about politics. Oh, and he's voting for
1: dotard.
0: Because he's holding his nose and, he, and he's voting for a turd.
2: Okay. So I asked him that point blank, you know, just to get oh. it get it out there, you know, and then okay. we would move off of politics. But he doesn't know who he's going to vote for. But, you know, the implication to me is yeah he's certainly not voting for Biden because Biden allows abortions and you know he does have qualms with dotard so you know what he did last time I think was he didn't vote right
0: I think that's what he said last time is that for the yes, presidential
2: he candidate anyway you know? not voting no yeah. he
1: but, but he's he is okay with him with dotard when we talk yep. to him, I'll say the same thing he is okay with him. He's okay with the policies.
0: No, 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 that's it, though. He's getting the conservative judges in the seat to the lifetime appointment. You don't get to split
1: hairs with
0: this guy about I'd like this but
1: not that.
2: Right, it's not a menu.
1: No, absolutely not. If you are, not, if you're not voting for Biden. You are with him. Yeah. There is mm-hmm. no, there is no middle ground. There is no you know protest vote. There is mm-hmm. no. I'm okay with his policies, but he's such a vulgarian. I don't want to vote for him. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. When you do that, right. you are on his team. You're embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. which is why you won't actually vote for him because he does not represent your worldview, but you aren't going to do anything to remove
2: him because
1: if you're not going to remove
2: him, You're on that team. Go get in the boat parade. That's the hard box that evangelicalism has put upon its congregants is when they raise up abortion is like, and then judges are going to overturn Roe v. Wade as their number one issue. And that's it. That's their main focus. Right. I mean, that puts them into a box is so you're going to vote for the...
0: They have to dance with the girl they brought to the dance. I think that's, honestly, I think that's letting them off the hook. I think it's accurate, though. That is their main focus. Is abortion. They see past everything else because they see what's getting done in the court. And that's what's most important.
1: But I'll call bullshit on that. Because that
0: framing makes
1: it seem, because they're so anti-abortion, anybody on the other side is somehow pro right. and a baby killer. Well,
0: it's just like everything else. It's it's pro-life as opposed to pro-death. No, it's it's pro-choice as opposed to no choice. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I do I do know what you're saying, and I agree with it. But there are also many ways. Many ways to prevent abortion, and they
0: involve sexual and reproductive education. That's science, and you've lost him on page one. Abstinence-only education is the only thing that they'll go exactly.
2: for. Exactly, that's that's true,
0: big time. And that's and, and that's their, that's their Achille, uh, another Achilles heel.
2: Right, because otherwise you're promoting promiscuity. So
0: if you tell them how to do it, they'll do it. No, they're gonna do it. They're gonna figure it out, but they're gonna go in with bad advice. The best way right. to not have to to not have
1: abortions is to have fewer situations where somebody might actually have to think about it. Educated children. And if you're so anti-abortion, you're not very pro-family planning. You're not very pro-take care of the kid once it's born. You're not pro-childcare. You're not pro-successful public schools. No one is pro-abortion. They're pro the option.
0: On that particular issue, you've got two groups coming at one particular topic from completely different angles. And they're trying to juxtapose their opponent diametrically opposed to them, and they're not. They're coming at it from a different angle. They're not exactly coming at it from a, a completely opposite angle that you are in both instances.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the points that Tom made was Planned Parenthood makes most of their profit from abortions. They sell
0: spare parts.
2: Right. Yeah, selling. Yeah. So they that's they they true. have a live birth to to sell off the spare parts and all that kind of thing. It's like I don't think that's factually No, no, that's accurate. not that's, that's not true. I know that. And he was talking about a uh, a documentary, and you know we know who this documentary guy was. You know that went into undercover and then did like snips and all that kind of stuff and
0: yeah that's totally exposed though
2: nah not to him right exactly not to him
0: but this is like somebody bringing up the shroud of turin i'm sorry but there are facts and we're already past this you're bringing up something that has already been exposed as being a fraud
2: but it goes back to the whole thing that connects this virus is there's different facts There's different science. And so you're just going to pick and choose from, you know, your to your fit, sources. Okay, so. your but you can't pick and worldview. choose
0: about the facts about parent, Planned Parenthood and selling baby parts, just as you can't pick and choose the facts about the Shroud of Turin. Those are known facts, right? You just need to educate yourself. Oh, but
2: you're, you're biased, though, Don. So totally. you're, you're pulling oh, your pack biased sources. My bad.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, you, and you don't believe. So, you know, who listens to anything you say? <laughs>
2: Well, so we can have we can have them on the show and talk about. You need to have that, but we definitely need to uh, come prepared. (laughs) Not that that's going to change a whole lot, but we need we need to have. I don't know, you know. Like I say, I mean, how long has this conversation been going on on both sides, and the the balls actually getting further and further apart?
1: So, what do you say? And I'm I'm not equating the two, but there are there are similarities. What do you say to someone that you know when they talk about a vaccine conspiracy involving Bill Gates? Mm. Like how do you just to be clear, did he or did he not bring up he did not bring up the words Bill Gates? He didn't? No. Somebody else in my orbit has. It's actually it doesn't feel that dissimilar because, right, right? I feel like I have to be ready with something other than the first thing on my mind would be, seriously, are you fucking kidding me? Did you dress yourself today and drive here? (laughs) Right. It gets you nowhere. Like, what do you say to somebody that does not derail it, but... I, I I don't know. And and I feel you know it's weird that I feel
0: like I need to know. You almost want to just oh deuce, tell me more and just just hang himself with as much rope as they that have. That would
1: that would fail. I mean it, it 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 100% would not work and it might make you feel better
0: at the time. As far as changing their mind or as far as the entire rest of the table going what the fuck you know is is with with this. Yeah, yeah. I get,
1: well uh, you know what it might be it might be different when there's eight people at a table, not that there would be these days, than talking one-on-one or on a Zoom call.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: If somebody pops up with a Zoom call and says that, you know necessarily want to say what's first thing on your mind
0: i think it would go about the same way as the conversation we had when the guy showed up to our book club that was talking about you know, like the moon landing where everybody was like uh really wait hold on a second where i remember the words came out i'm no physicist and somebody at the table went i am i was like so i'm gonna let him talk <laughs> <laughs> And Mike took over from that point and just, like, laid it to him. (laughs) And he won. Yeah. But not really. No, the guy never came back, and I'm sure he didn't change his mind. No, uh, definitely not. But the difference was I was part of the nine against the one, not the one against the nine. The table wasn't like, oh, yeah, the moon landing. You know about the moon landing. And, And the
1: same thing with this. But when somebody comes up with that, unless you want to, whatever that relationship was... Immediately severed, like forever. And
0: maybe that's inevitable. And is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? You know what? That's a good question. Dep- depending, yeah, literally depending upon who that person is. Because really,
1: if you didn't know somebody as well as you know Tom, half the things he says and believe, you would go, why would I ever talk to this person?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a special thing between the two of them because they met because Tom started a group to bring people together that disagreed about things to talk about it. And that's how they met each other. So it, it wasn't like they, they were friends or they met somehow by perchance or you know grew up together, whatever, and just happened to be diametrically opposed to one another. The whole dynamic of, of Tom's meetup group was it's going to be theists and atheists coming together and having conversations between the two of
2: them. Yeah, and to me, I thought that was an interesting concept.
0: They met each other knowing that they were opposite sides of the same coin.
2: But yeah, I mean, what kind of piqued my curiosity, too, is my father was always a very conservative evangelical, but I couldn't dig deep into, you know, questioning his beliefs and pushing back on it. But Tom, I felt comfortable doing that with, you know, and then he also the other direction. To me, that's an interesting and a profitable conversation is, you know, so that way you can kind of Get inside their heads to see why they believe what they believe. Not that you're going to change them.
1: But there are things that are in common, though. Yes, right. You meet at a brewery and, you know, similar socioeconomic, just not on certain things. Hard news on certain things, both ways. And not rude about it, not disqualifying.
2: It's not easy to maintain friendships like that. We had one years back with somebody from our church that went real conservative. Maybe he always was, but I just didn't know it until we started talking about it. I mean, he's like, he's heavy into Trump now, Um, Hmm. but always, you know, he was super conservative politically and all that. It got uncomfortable to have even friendly gatherings because, you know, what do you talk about?
0: Yeah everything devolves to
2: right politics right and it's point. just we had an amicable parting of ways it's like this is not not working and, and it's sad because you know our two girls they, they had two girls they were both the same age so you know they mm. kind of got along together and yep. so you know it was like two families kind of hanging out but as, as that started to kind of go off the rails that's kind of sad that you know that, that is what the dividing line is.
1: That is actually the big difference between this situation and Tom's because he didn't really want that relationship going forward and made so many things deal breakers. At some point, it'd be like, "Wait, wait, what am I doing? Why am I putting in effort? Both of you guys, and not that it's work, but, you know, to reach across these divides, and go away, still talking to one another. He may he may think differently after this podcast,
0: but <laughs> I hope <laughs> not. Yeah, I, I, know, hope I not. totally hope not too. But I think they both enjoy having these conversations with people that look at things from a different perspective. But you're not
1: calling each other names
0: they're both unique in in that perspective right and that, and you that know, they actually enjoy talking to somebody and kind of picking their brain that right comes right. at things from a different angle yeah
2: yeah why do you believe what you believe It's because like mm-hmm. you know my my sister and I disagree theologically and politically and so we kind of avoid those kind of hard conversations and it's kind of sad you know uh, it would be kind of interesting to do that but I don't want to risk our relationship either you know it's one thing yeah to risk a if friendship you lost Tom's it's another- friendship
0: versus losing your sister right. over a political argument, it's a lot different.
2: Right. Well, especially since I have control over the family trust right now. I
0: feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: like when you say that, like you're rubbing your hands together like, ha ha, maniacal laugh. Neither of you helped me. When somebody you know says that they are worried about a vaccine because of the of of any Bill Gates connection, what do I say?
2: So when uh, Tom and I parted talking about abortion we said well this we need to get our facts you're saying this i'm saying the opposite it's like so what are your sources what are my sources so next time we come together and maybe we can do this on the podcast to find out so exactly where are you pulling this information from A- and not again that that's going to change somebody's mind because if i say well i got mine from the new york times they're going to say well that's biased that's fake news you're not helping me well no but i'm just saying and that's to me if that's the most you can do is to say, well, hey, let's look at our sources. Where, where are you getting this information? Because mm-hmm. I just did a quick Google search under Bill Gates and...
1: Both uh, to duck, duck, go that shit on this show, but you know.
2: Yeah, I should have done that on there. But anyway, and you'll find sites that, you know, like here's one that says the title is not a hoax. Bill Gates wants to implant microchips in you to fight the coronavirus. But this this news source quote unquote, is called, it's a website called Value Walk.
1: Okay. You are not helping me. And, you're, <laughs> I, and by, I the am. Way, by the way, you're not helping yourself because if somebody you care about or somebody you know says that, you better be prepared for something that's not like on
0: the way to deal breaker. And you better have a line. I don't know. If somebody starts literally espousing Bill Gates wants to put a microchip in you, this whole thing is a hoax, then I'm sorry, I can't have a conversation with them where it's not a deal-breaking conversation.
1: You can't say that if it's a family member.
2: So I did a duck duck go search and I, I put in Bill Gates virus implant. Okay, the number one, I don't know how they you know how they rank or whatever, but the number one is from Reuters. 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 I, I did that on purpose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so the headline there is false claim, Bill Gates planning to use microchip implants. Okay. The second one is biohackinfo.com. Bill Gates will use microchip implants to fight the corona 19 so
1: okay you are not answering my question and if this is your strategy it is going to fail what do you tell somebody that believes a bill gates conspiracy that does not in their mind call them stupid because if you start bringing up websites they're going to bring up websites all you've done is like dig World War I type ideological trenches and you'll never get anywhere.
0: I think you leave it up to the rest of the crowd and hope that you're on the right side of the numbers or you find some new friends. Listen to that, though. How harsh is that? And and, and I'm
1: not... Look, look. I am not all of a sudden... No, I'm
0: sorry. Same thing. You're sitting around, you're you're having a barbecue, and somebody starts talking about how the lizard people are running the government. At some point, you have to just go, whoop, time out. Hold the fuck on. There are adults in the room. All right? We're having a conversation here. This isn't happening. This is bullshit. What you're talking about is bullshit. Period. End of discussion. Who's who's with me? Anybody? Right. Anybody? You
1: you are... And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you are that guy.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm going to call you on your bullshit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But the dynamic is different. At a party or a gathering, I understand it. But there's somebody that you know, you've known for a while, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they start talking about things that lead them up to cue. If you call them Mm -hmm. stupid or you start sending them links, it's over. Yeah. It is over. Look, I'm not saying this because I disagree with anything either of you guys have said. But it feels these days, if you want to, and it might not be possible to maintain that relationship. And you're, and and the decision could be, you know what? They've gone down the rabbit hole. That is it. I am not devoting any more time to this because they are off on a track that i cannot change
2: right and you can't have an intelligent conversation at that point if they're that yeah. deep in the hole if tom started spouting q and on kind of stuff i i would say i got to pull the plug yeah on but this. that
1: but that's the easy part though they don't go from hey normal conversation to i'm deep into q mm-hmm. it's gradual and there's degrees so right. what do I say to somebody, and I'm and I'm genuinely asking, because I don't know, if I want to, quote, keep the conversation going and not write that person off immediately, I don't want to ignore it. Like, I, you guys know me well enough. I mm-hmm. don't, uh, and the analogy I use is dropping the gloves. I don't want to drop the gloves with this person. I don't want to pretend that I agree with it, but I want to keep the conversation going What should we, or at least me, what should I be be prepared to say to tell somebody, I don't agree with that, but I am not going to try and make you feel stupid and start this pointless war of links. Hmm. Oh, thank God you didn't have anything because I feel less less stupid now. It is tough. It is. That's like a reality of this
0: time. It's like, what? What yeah. is the method that you use to convince somebody to change their mind if they don't value reason?
2: Well, that, okay, so you're talking you know, about the Socratic method.
0: Yeah, what What do you use if... You
1: don't. Exactly. You, you know what? Tom could have a podcast of three guys from his church and have the random atheist on, mm-hmm. and they would talk about how misguided we are in the same way that we talk about folks that don't agree with us.
0: But there is i'm volunteering to be that atheist by the way Oh,
1: yeah anybody that really volunteers for it they should not book (laughs) because you're not even going to put the gloves on you're going to walk in and drop them
0: i'm volunteering to to go on the first episode but it's going to be jeff i'm telling you right now it's it's going to be jeff should be jeff
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Jeff is going to go to DuckDuckGo and give you all these logical reasons that their logic does not see. Mm -hmm. And you may, when somebody mentions Bill Gates' conspiracies or 5G conspiracies, they may be further out than you can retrieve. And you're probably not going to bring them back. But how you interact with that person feels like it's going to fundamentally change and not necessarily for the better. So some
0: people are just a lost cause. Some people are just too far gone. It's on them. They have to come back. You can't pull them back.
1: Yeah, but that's your, that's your way of writing them off, though. You know, that's easy to do. But if you don't want to write somebody off, it's going to take work. And it's going to take it's going to take an approach. If your sole idea is to change their mind, then just cut it off. Because yeah. you won't. But if you're yeah, going to no have shot. a relationship with that person, you're going to have to either throw things out... In which is ultimately unsatisfying because if you have a relationship where they're like, I can't talk about that with this person, eventually yeah. it, it's going to run its course.
0: Even if you plant a seed in somebody like that, if they work and live in a group of people that are in, in that mindset, it's not going to take purchase.
2: So what I was going to suggest is the only method that I can see that has a chance and i don't know if it's going to be productive at all is a socratic method
1: yeah, but when you say have a chance have a chance to do what
2: to at least make them think critically about then you failed no yeah there's two things here
1: you can either keep the relationship or you can change their mind cuz if if to keep the relationship you're going to you think you're going to change their mind
2: so have you watched the the videos from anthony magnabosco I know. I know. Don has. Have you, Jerry? I have not. Okay, so you should watch him. I mean, what he's very laid back in what he's doing. He's not threatening at all.
0: He's not trying to convince anybody of anything. He's just asking them questions. What is he talking about? And what side does he represent? He stops people and talks to them about beliefs that they have. Whatever belief they have, and maybe they may believe in karma. They may, you know, or whatever. Mostly, it's religious beliefs, but.
2: But they pick they pick the topic.
0: Yeah, they pick the topic of, of what's a strongly held belief that they have. Okay, oh Christianity. You know, I believe in Jesus. How much? Hundred percent. Right. And he has to talk to them about how well there's you know there's a there's a billion Hindus in India alone, and they all believe a hundred percent in Hinduism. But he just has conversations with them where he doesn't take one side or the other. He doesn't point out where they're wrong. He just talks to them and asks them questions that makes them think about things critically about what they believe now he what's his point of view he's not
1: asking questions as an uninterested observer he has a yes. point of view he basically no. he, he doesn't No, he's taking he's taking no, uh, a'm I'm, I'm what, saying what his
0: personal beliefs are are irrelevant to he's asking them about their beliefs and how they came to believe them why they believe them so strongly I get it But why is he asking
1: these questions?
0: Well, at the end of the conversations, a lot of times their 100% is now at like 65% or 70%. He's not doing
1: this as, and maybe he is, but I don't think he's doing it as an academic
0: exercise he, he is, is du- yeah he is. for the most part yeah it's, yes. it's street epistemology okay. it's having it's having conversations with people where you ask them a series of questions
1: right but he doesn't he he has no point of view himself in the
0: conversation no, no. he does and have a point of, of view course obviously he does. he's a human but in the conversation, no, he does not. Absolutely, and he does. And if you ask him about, Absolutely it, he'll he will tell you what his what what his is. But that's not what the conversation. I don't I don't buy that at all. Is about you and your and your beliefs and how you came to believe them and why you believe them as strongly as you do. Nope.
2: Okay, what it's getting down to is why do you believe what you believe? I mean, if I think yeah. about my deconstruction process, that's exactly what it was. It was like, so the virgin birth, which is something I just held without even thinking about it. And so as I started to kind of, you know, it was like one of those threads that you start pulling on. It
0: starts to unravel. This sounds a little unravels, strange. The more it unravels.
2: You know, so why do I, why do I believe this? Well, it's because it's what I've been told to believe. Well, you know, are there other viewpoints out there other than... this one. So, I mean, what it's trying to do is get you to kind of question why you're, you know, what kind of solid ground do you have for the belief that you have?
1: Right, but that's the point of view. The point of view is... Your belief is not based on solid ground, and I'm going to ask you questions and get you talking about it to get you less on that solid ground. That is a hundred percent a
2: point of view.
0: Because a lot of people believe things that they have no good reason to
2: believe. Well, what they're trying to do is get you to critically think about that. And right? Isn't but that's critical a, but that's thinking? A, but,
1: but that's a point. That's absolutely a point of view. Right? Is he an atheist? Yes. 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 Why? Did it take five minutes for you guys to say he was an atheist? why does that matter? 100% matters. He's not out to... Like hell, he's not. He's just having these random conversations.
0: He's just having critical conversations with people about their strongly held beliefs. And they pick whatever that strongly held belief is. Right. And that belief may be literally belief in Christianity or belief in karma or belief in... All things that atheists
1: don't believe in.
2: Yes. Okay, but... (laughs) Is Christianity built, uh, you know, built on solid facts?
1: Nobody, no, at no time would anybody on this podcast ever say that. But to say okay. this guy is just this kind of
0: uninterested observer, and it's not just this guy. It's it's street epistemology is a movement. It is it's it's based on a book, and, and just gonna hate this, but it's based on a book by Peter Boghossian,
2: Yeah, I used to uh, like how, him.
0: How, how to create an atheist. And, uh, I think it's the name of it. It's something along those lines. But it's basically a book about how to have conversations with people using the Socratic method to get them to question their own strongly held beliefs. Right, so what's the really difference, have no what is the difference in
1: that than somebody on the, quote, other side of the ball that is trying to convert them? Because really, you are trying to convert them, but you're trying to convert them or deconvert them Away from what they are to what you believe that is a hundred percent of view. anything
0: else. You're getting them to question what they've always you could, believed. You can say it however
1: you want. Okay. But it, in the end, you want them to stop believing what they believe and agree that what you're saying is correct.
2: Okay, so going back to the Bill Gates uh, implant thing, Mm -hmm. do you want that person to continue to believe that bullshit or do you want to get them to think maybe that's not true? Good point. But yes,
1: Jeff, I guess in my heart of hearts, I would want them to come back to reality. But the first time somebody mentions it to me too soon to start like getting into it. Because all it does is make people in more entrenched in what they already believe. And it feels like when you're doing that, you're gassing the bridge.
0: So you're just going to give them a pass on the first mention.
1: Not a pass, but not a, man, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, yeah. or some version of it. Yeah,
0: I'll give you an example. My, my neighbor asked me, are you a Trumper? And I was like, I'd vote for RuPaul first. And he was like, okay, I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not going to borrow your lawnmower anymore.
0: He asked me flat out, was I a Trump supporter? But you didn't follow up with, I would vote for RuPaul first, which to
1: him is probably like, you know, everything that is decadent about urban America. Yeah, I just blew his fucking mind is what I did. Right. But you also (laughs) didn't ask, you also didn't follow up with, why do you like him? Because he's a moron.
0: I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. I was walking away and he was like, oh, Are you a Trumper? I was like, no, man. Seriously, I would vote for RuPaul before I'd vote for that piece of shit. And he was like, never mind. He was like, literally like, never mind. You didn't turn around and drop the gloves, and you didn't immediately
1: start facting him. Bop, 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 bop. No.
0: But whatever he was about to tell me, he no longer had a desire to tell me.
2: Right. That was an intro question. He had it answered and it was like, okay.
0: And we're fine. We're still cool. But <laughs> he knows exactly where I stand. Oh, I
2: can't wait for it to come up again. Because you know it
1: well.
0: We know talked about it, it a couple of times. I'm surprised he even asked me because we've had that conversation before.
2: Well, what you need to do, Don, you need to put a RuPaul for president yard sign. <laughs> By the way, RuPaul owns part
1: of a fracking company, so...
0: Get out of oh, here. Oh, man. Do I hate RuPaul now? Thank you. you. Know Thank you, Jerry. You, you could, I now hate by RuPaul. The way,
1: by the way, Thank you. you're welcome, but you can... You just ruined RuPaul You can, You can duck-duck-go that shit.
0: Get out of here. He owns part of a fracking company? Get the frack out of here, man. Fuck. I am
1: going to... Oh, my God. He's duck-duck-go this. By the way... As soon as well, I I'm as done, soon as I typed going. F, fracking popped up. Oh jeez. No, Maybe no. it's a
2: conspiracy.
1: Uh, oh. RuPaul admits to fracking on his ranch, causes oh. fan uproar. Oh. Uh, let me give you let me give you a link too. By the way, oh. both good sources. RuPaul, we'll put it in the notes. RuPaul and husband have a fracking empire on their Wyoming oh, no. ranch. Oh no. Hmm. So, oh. you know what? That's a that's a that's a special godless he, heathen's bonus. We didn't that's have like that. I would
0: vote for RuPaul. We <laughs> fake, fake news. We didn't have that in the rundown. But now I have to update my neighbor as far as my uh, preferences. Right. Your your urban icon. By
1: the way, that's that's exactly what you should do. You know what? You and RuPaul have more in common than you think. <laughs> 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 That's why I'm big on him. He's a fracker. Fossil fuels, baby. <laughs> so we didn't even touch on Jerry. Yeah, and by the way, it sucks. Like every fifth loser is named Jerry. It bums me out.
2: I, I do like how you said we're gonna we, we didn't touch Jerry. <laughs> yeah.
0: He touched himself <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> we just sat in the corner and watched. <laughs> There were so many, there were so many, like, Jerry. Liberty University was like, I don't want to enroll. Can I just, like, sit in the corner and just <laughs> watch a class? <laughs> I'm going to audit the
1: class and just watch. Yeah, yeah. Can I just audit from the corner? Yeah. Okay. Since, since we are talking about it, the biggest bullshit about this was he tried to have an interview with a friendly reporter to get out ahead of, get, get out ahead of the story. Yeah. It was a gigantic failure. Like he's like this is coming out I need you to try and give me a softer landing. And it was a complete fail. And the second thing is his apology
0: totally threw his wife under the bus and that is such bullshit. Absolutely. Totally threw her under the bus and and the fact he's getting ten and a half million dollars to walk away. I'm actually better with
1: that than I am with a consensual threesome. And why should we be surprised? Because he's a total hypocrite. You know, it's not like his wife had these urges and, oh, I'm just a faithful husband. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. This was a threesome that only two people were actively participating in.
2: Okay, let me let me throw something out here. Yeah, throw it out. What if he comes out and says, "I'm an atheist. I've been an atheist." No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there are all kind of good Sorry, Jerry ones late. here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, so seriously, what if if that what what he does? Do we welcome him to the community?
1: Oh hell yeah. <laughs> That'll be the greatest deconversion story ever, which
0: is exactly why it'll never happen. Oh, and, oh, you talk about an ankle-busting crossover!
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, we need wow. to get like a symbol, a symbol. Yeah, <shhh>. he, he, yep.
1: you Look, it, it, he still, and this is why, to me, this is why he won't, he won't come out as questioning his faith. He has the opportunity to admit sexual urges. That he was hypocritical about with everybody at the university and everybody else in the mm-hmm. world, and yep. that he's kind of embarrassed about.
0: And it'll never happen. A-
1: a- a- never, ever. Which will never happen.
2: But what he I'm will saying though. No.
0: He'll go away for a couple years. He'll reinvent himself. He will come back. He's got the name. He cannot not bank on his name.
2: Yeah, period. But okay, so do you think theologically he's an atheist? No. No. no, no. I, you think when he was they were doing that threesome, their belief is God is everywhere. So God would have been in that room.
0: I don't believe he believes a, a word of it. I don't I, I don't believe in any of these guys. The Kenneth Copelands, the the Je- Jesse DePlantis's, the Ernest Angsley's, the any of them. I don't believe any of them believe a fucking word of
2: it. Yeah, I think his da- I think Jerry Falwell Sr. believed and he it. He
0: may have I, I don't believe I don't believe Junior does. I, I don't believe Franklin Graham does. Billy Graham may have. I don't know.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, if they truly believed in a vindictive God, you know, that was watching all this stuff, and you know, sure. They don't believe in a vindictive God. They believe in what they call a just God.
1: I, I, I'm not look. I'm not. I'm not agreeing with them. But that's their interpretation. Yeah, but just
2: that will throw people into hell. No, if, it, if they, that,
1: but that's just. That's not just to you,
2: right. that's just to right. them. That's right.
0: the, because th- yeah. those are the, those are the not rules as they see them.
2: Yeah, and I understand also the evangelicals believe in, you know, if they come back to God on their knees and pray for forgiveness, he's going to forgive them over why? and over and over and totally.
1: over. Totally. <laughs> by but, the way, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not forgiving myself, and he's already tipped his hand on this. I'm going to forgive my whole wife. Yeah. Who had this affair because that's the vibe he gave, that she somehow had these urges. And by the way, she's a 50-something-year-old woman and a 20-something-year-old dude, and my husband's okay with it, and he's just going to sit in the corner, and we're all going to be happy? That that sounds like a success.
0: And they introduced him to the president of the United States. Absolutely.
2: Well, who's another dickwad?
0: Mr. President, this is the young gentleman that's boning my wife. Young gentleman boning my wife that I watch. This is the President of the United States. Oh, very nice to meet you, very. Dotard aside,
1: <laughs> none of the three people did anything wrong. No, no, right. Consensual, was, so, so, the so, shit. so the that, fact that he's not a dickwad when you introduce no. him to the president, it's not because the president is of low morals. No, it, he is. Like I, I'm not, I'm not defending Dotard, but you had three people from everything we know at least were in a consensual relationship where everybody got what they wanted. Yes. Nobody should care.
0: I literally don't care if they fucked each other in a t- in a bathtub full of cocaine. It doesn't matter. They might have. You know, that that's their thing. <laughs> by, by all means, that's your thing. Do it. But when your whole family business ah. is telling you how to live a moral existence,
2: right?
1: That's what makes it different. It's not the act, and it's not the fact that he did a three-way. It's the fact no. that he preached something else. That he right. held his school. To another he standard one thing and exactly lived by right. another standard. His, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he presented himself as the paragon of moral virtue yep. and yep. and look down. You could still be the paragon of moral virtue, but you can't look down on people for doing things that you went way past. Oh, yeah. Way oh, past.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. That's
1: the problem. If these three want to get together, knock yourself out.
0: To use an analogy that they often like to use, he built his castle on a bedrock of sand.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, it was a soft mattress, actually. <laughs> hey, maybe it was on the beach. Who knows? Is Miami? Hey,
1: maybe
0: it was. Maybe it was one of those my pillow mattresses. <laughs> Talking about cocaine, or no, that was crack. I'm sorry, my bad. They talk, they know, they
1: talk about the money. This was
0: all like
1: deferred comp. And, you know, his retirement, it's not like they said, oh, we're going to he's going to go away. This was money that he already basically had in an account. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, man, he deserved all that money. But that money, however ill gotten some of it might be, is not like a going away present for him. It was most likely owed to him. And you want that. Like, you don't want to leave a company and have somebody say, Screw you! We are keeping your retirement. That would suck for everyone. No, he he negotiated
0: that part of the contract during the good time. Well in advance. Uh, oh yes. Well in that, advance. That was not renegotiated any time in the last year. Mm-mm. That is that was a long. Right. So the whole call. thing
1: that like he walked away with eleven million dollars. Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, Really? Just because yeah. he is who he is. But, yep. you know, it's the hypocrite part of him that he still can't even stop because at no point did he ever cop to any sin.
2: It was yeah. the wife a that woman. did it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole, it, was, it was the harlot, the hooer.
2: Yeah. Ashley pointed out one of our uh, meetup, or not meetup, um, signal conversations. It, it's directly linked to Genesis. But, yeah, I mean, that was the thing with Adam is, is, you know, he blamed it on Eve. Eve's the one who gave me the apple. So, yeah, I mean, that's a very yeah. ege- evangelical thing to do is, you know, the man is in charge, and so it can't be him. It's got to be then the blame woman. Blame
0: it on the woman. All right, I thought, right.
1: though, we had a pod that we talked about Adam and Eve, and I, I it, like, took me a while to, to realize that the whole Adam and Eve story was them getting down. And I swear you guys were like, no, that's not the Adam
0: and Eve story. Getting they down. What? Mean, that sex. was the first time they boned?
1: Yeah. Like, that's Bonin? the original sin, that they had sex.
0: No. That the apple there's... is just a metaphor for boning? Yeah. Absolutely. No, I don't remember that episode. I don't remember that episode. But th- th-
2: is but, that not the but case? we need to have that
0: episode. Is that, is that not the case?
2: Mm, that, that could be one interpretation. That, that's news to me. Okay. Cardinal I, I, knowledge. Look, I know
1: none of it exists. But I'm a, <laughs> but, I'm a Bible literalist. What is the what is the original sin?
0: <laughs> eating the so, apple, right? The yeah. apple they eating they the fruit okay, that you were told. Even, the, even e- anything they, of the garden, just don't eat this. No.
1: So you think that eating the apple, that they think that eating the apple was literal, and eating the apple wouldn't be, huh?
2: Eating the apple, really? Uh, like
1: that? Like yeah, look,
2: okay, if you're if you're a literalist. Yes, you have to think that eating the forbidden fruit that was off limits to God, you know, that God said, don't eat of this, that oh, was a literal interpretation. God, it, so is, it was a literal it, you know piece of fruit. Like, it took
1: a like, long like, time for me to realize how basic people believe this book to be. But no, yeah. I never thought, well, I wouldn't say never, but it had been a long time since I thought that eating an apple was. Was actually eating. Well, it's not an, an apple. apple. It doesn't
2: say apple. It's a fruit. Okay. They don't fruit. specify apple. Right. 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 The,
1: like even in all of the Catholic schooling I had, there was a little wow. bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that the fruit of the forbidden tree wasn't exactly like taking a bite of the apple, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no, I, no, I taking a
1: bite it. of something else there. yeah, you know, oh. like, mm. and, 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 and because <laughs> when they're done. <laughs> All oh. of a sudden, they realize oh. they're naked and they feel Ooh. shame because there's no they shame in having a piece of fruit. There might no. be shame in letting your carnal urges get the
2: best of you. Yeah, but didn't God tell them to be fruitful and multiply? What What did he expect them to do?
1: They weren't eating the fruit of the forbidden tree to multiply. They were eating the fruit because, oh. wow, you know
0: what? That He looks, but, pretty uh, oh, but, looks pretty good. Oh, she looks pretty good. Oh, and I get it. I'm feeling uh, but, urges. Well, hold on a second. Technically, God told a man, his wife, and their two sons to multiply. So
2: take all the time you need. Well, so in, in the Adam and Eve segment, God walks around. So he's like another person. So...
1: Jerry Falwell Jr. is godlike.
2: Yes. He's so God god-like. was sitting in the corner watching... <laughs>
1: This is total speculation, but I don't think God was doing the same thing that Jerry Falwell Jr. was doing.
2: Holy Spirit was the pool boy. God was in the corner. And then then for Jesus, God said, hey, I got this. And Joseph, you sit in the corner. Oh, my goodness. All right. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Theology 101 right here. Mm.
0: For, uh, For sure. I'll right, we'll wrap that up on on that note does anybody have a recommendation
1: I have two go ahead I'll make them quick but they are I'm I'm reverting to form and they are podcast, podcast. recommendations <laughs> and it is at this taping the latest version of why is this happening with Chris Hayes okay oh, yeah. it talks with a college professor about the electrical grid and the business of electricity it's called the invisible hmm. power st- power struggle with leah stokes and Mm. if one thing has been made clear about the last four years is there are things that we take for granted and that we just expect don't think about don't think about at all and one of the biggest ones after listening to this podcast was the concept of electricity you just
0: get it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you down a little side note, but I, I remember a part about the book, The Stand by Stephen King, where he talked about that. And it was after, you know, a, a big apocalypse type event where everybody understands electricity and the fact that you flip a switch and, and the light comes on. But not everybody understands that you wrap copper wire in a coil in order to make a magnet that creates electricity. So And there is a business angle and a
1: policy angle and... Hmm. A lot of talk in this podcast about green electricity and how Hmm. entrenched business interests and political interests are stopping us from doing things that will stem the tide of global warming. But it really made me think about something super basic. And one of the biggest things about it is you do not have a choice. Hmm. Nowhere you go do you have a choice. And
2: monopolies. Eventually...
1: Those are kind of ripe for abuse, but cannot recommend that podcast enough. It definitely made me think in ways that I hadn't before. And the second one is from Recode Media with Peter Kafka. It's the author Kurt Anderson and his latest book called Evil Geniuses um, about how the policy and governmental system that we are in now started back in the 70s with a bunch of billionaires who played the long game better than anybody Hmm. ever had even thought. And if you don't want to hear about how the Koch brothers have distorted our democracy, don't listen. But Hmm. I know, Jeff, you're a fan of his first book.
2: Yep. Well, and I, yeah, so I downloaded that book, too, so that's going to be in my, my future reading. But, yeah, so the book that I'm reading now kind of piggybacks on that. And I was going to say also, Catherine Stewart, who we read for our book club and who actually participated in our book club discussion online and who has promised to come on our podcast, the book yeah, she wrote kind it, of piggybacks. Yeah, um, yeah, it piggybacks kind of on what it sounds like The Evil Geniuses is about, but, it, you know, but she talks about how the Christian, the Christian right, kind of co-opted into that whole movement. The new right, I guess, is—I think that's the term she uses—and then the book that I just finished. I think I might have mentioned earlier, but I just finished, and I highly, highly recommend it. Is called How the South Won the Civil War. Oligarchy, democracy, and the continuing fight for the soul of America, like we talked about earlier, is it is a fight right now, the next election, about our democracy. But what's interesting is, like, I didn't really make these connections before, is is like the same kind of uh, mindset that the South had as far as hierarchy and oligarchy as far as the, the rich white people being in charge. Uh, when the West was expanded, that same kind of mindset shifted out there, and that's been influencing our politics. Ever since, that kind of independent, you know, libertarian kind of, but there's still a hierarch- hierarchical kind of mindset to that. I highly suggest that if you want a good lesson about where we're at and what actually this next election is about.
0: Nice. And I had a, a really nice recommendation, but unfortunately, Jeff's dog ate it. So I, I got nothing this time. So.
2: <laughs> he eats anything that you put out that looks like food. <laughs>
0: Funny, funny little story. We got together last weekend for uh, a a Atlanta United game uh, that where they were playing with no fans. And, and we all got together at Jeff's, socially distanced in the driveway and, and, and watched the game on the big screen. And I had like a, a half a pound of, of, of beef and a half a pound of chicken and some shrimp and brought it inside because the flies were a little bit too crazy before we got the grill going. And somebody let the dogs in. And apparently they don't like shrimp because I had some shrimp left over. <laughs> but they, they literally ate through every bit of my, my raw beef and chicken. So, you know, Katie had some, <laughs> had some chicken. She'd been marinating all day. That I, that I cut up and put in there with the shrimp and it was, it was really good but yeah I was just giving Jeff a hard time
2: yeah he definitely yeah he's an opportunist if he sees I'm, it he's going to even if, yeah, you got
0: it, in the sink sitting
2: down yeah barley yeah sitting yeah, down in the sink the little
0: dog I don't think could have reached up into the sink and got it
2: no yeah. and, and of course he didn't toss any plate no know, I'm sure he didn't flip down. any
0: big chunks of, of cow right. over his shoulder <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if yeah they to find you out if, too, if, son.
2: Yeah. If, if Coco likes shrimp or not you know yeah no selfish alright
0: well On that note, we'll see y'all in two weeks.
2: All right. Good night. Ciao.
0: Some of my friends love the no, rockets. Some of my friends, day-day. Every one of them round the bend. And the Queen day-day is my friend. And Harvey is my friend. You and Eddie and know what I mean. Well, someone In the at my party, and the devil is my friend. And the devil is my friend.